Biz Women Rock, episode 87. What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I am bringing you tremendous stories from business women all over the world in all sorts of different industries so they can talk about their business journey so yours can be inspired by it. So last week, we just finished up an entire week of highlighting women who have been on Shark Tank. And here's sort of you know what happened behind the scenes on that is that we had a lot of women come through and there were only five days in the week. So <laughs> we had to be very selective and ended up having to make some very hard decisions on who actually was highlighted last week during that series, during Shark Week. Um, but the great part was is that I still have had wonderful conversations with women who've had a Shark Tank experience and we're going to continue highlighting them on the show. And today is a great example of that. So who would have thought that hair extensions could be a $1.5 million business. Well, Melissa Barone, who's a co-founder of Cashmere Hair Extensions, is here on the show today and she's going to tell us why. When she and her partner Rachel originally went on Shark Tank, they had only been in business for four months and were completely an online business and had already had $39,000 of sales. So what happened between $39,000 and $1.5 million is a really great story. So let's get things rolling. Melissa, thank you so much for being on the show with me. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here because I am very, very fascinated by the business journey that you have had so far. You and your partner, Rachel, have started your company, Cashmere Hair Extensions, just a little over a year ago. So you guys are a fairly young company, and yet you have experienced so much growth and so much success, and I really want to dig into that. So I really would like to start a little bit about the fact that I know that you and Rachel have been friends for quite some time. How did you guys come up with this idea of creating the actual company that would produce these hair extensions? Yeah, so Rachel and I had been friends probably a good five years before we started our cashmere hair company. And I've been a stylist, a hairstylist, for 11 years, and I'm here in Beverly Hills. Rachel is a makeup artist as well and a model here in L.A. And together, we always wanted to come up with something and start an idea of starting a company together. We obviously had that trust and love for one another. So we put our two heads together, decided what we could do, and we came up with our hair extension line. Now, how did you guys actually get that from being just an idea between the two of you to actually producing like an actual product and getting out there publicly? Like what were some of those steps that you took to make it a reality? Well, me working in a salon for such a long time, I always had clients that were looking for that perfect set of extensions. More and more people these days are staying away from permanent extensions and they want to go more towards clip-in hair extensions. The problem that we were having with clients, they would bring in clip-in extensions that just weren't the quality 
of what I wanted my clients to wear and the hair wasn't lasting. I was really embarrassed to even put those kind of extensions into my client's hair, even to style them for them to leave for the day. So I've always had that issue looking for that perfect go-to hair extension line. And then Rachel had a very similar experience over time as well, her being a model and getting her makeup done, her hair done. And she did a job a few times and she needed clip-in hair extensions. So she started creating little sets here and there to wear on her own. So we kind of both came to the idea, hey, let's start up a hair extension line. The reason why we did clip-ins is because it is that go-to thing. It's super easy to put in. Anybody can learn how to do, even that tomboy girl that doesn't know how to do hair. She's amazed of how easy they are. Um, so together, we just created something super fabulous, something that we knew that was top line, a professional-grade clip-in line. From there, we just perfected the company, and that's how we came with Cashmere Hair. Now, you guys actually have to manufacture and go source this hair that's super high quality. So what were some of the things that you learned about that sourcing process? Like, where do you get the hair from? What does that really take to get that to you? And what actually happens in that whole manufacturing and putting the pieces together? A lot of research. Probably about nine months prior to us actually forming Cashmere Hair, we did a lot of research on perfecting a perfect hairline that entails stuff like quality tests. We had to order through different manufacturers 10 to 12 different pieces a week of different companies test them. We had to go through different shades, colors, the most popular shades, colors. There's a lot that go into clip-ins that people probably don't know and don't think about as well. We had to look at our design of what we think is the easiest for the everyday person to use. Researching a company in and out is really hard and especially when you're doing it overseas. We do manufacture overseas. It's the only way you could pretty much do hair extensions. Everything comes from Indian temples, which are all Indian temples. What they do is just collect all of the hair, and it's amazing. They have huge auctions. That's something that we obviously don't do, but the manufacturers we work with, they're sourcing the best high-quality hair for us. So from there, we pick out the kind of stuff that we want, and then they go through a whole manufacturer that actually do the sewing and the detail of the work. So all of that is really cool for us to get our hands in and see along the way we just kind of we learned as we went as you run into a lot of problems at the beginning of a business of thinking oh we thought this person would be able to supply this and then you have to change a few times to just get it perfected but hair is so detailed and so many grades of different level of quality to perfect one, it takes a lot of time. But from our first nine months of our creating our company, it was all about research and communicating overseas. You guys really just became the experts in that particular industry, right? Yeah, which is so fun. I guess my background of being a hairstylist as well as, you know, I know what I'm looking for. The minute I feel that in my hands, I pretty much know, okay, this is something I want to work with. This is something we don't want to work with. You also have to make sure you're getting the word. Working with overseas, I think it's really hard for anybody over here. And communication, you have to be up at 
three, four o'clock in the morning, emailing these people back and forth just to make ends meet. Then you got your prototype together, you got the manufacturing, you got it all together, and now you've launched it. This is April of 2013. You launched it, you had your website, and your main focus in the beginning was actually making sales through your website. So can you talk about what marketing strategies were you doing in the beginning that really drove people to your website? Because in the first six months of your business, you generated like $39,000 worth of revenue, which is huge for your first six months of business. That's a really, really great thing. So what were you guys doing to drive traffic to your website? That actually was four months. It was four months oh, of wow. our business. We had 39000 in sales. I mean, it was only a little over a year ago. We utilized our Instagram as much as we can. We, we first started off with social media. It's kind of, I think, and I believe that today everything, people are very visual. They want to see what's going on, following people, seeing what other blogs are about. So we utilize that as much as we can. At Also, me being a hairstylist, I'm able to work hands on with hair extensions all day long with my clients. So we were getting them out in the salon, letting word of mouth start that way. Rachel was bringing them to a lot of her makeup jobs. She was wearing them on a lot of her photo shoots. So we utilize ourselves as much as we can. We created our Instagram to be that go-to hair site and teach people how to put them in hair tutorials. So the beginning of our business, we honestly didn't know the marketing side of a business besides the social media. I think it worked out really good for us, but there's also from there, you want to keep growing and you want to learn different things. So for men is when we decided, all right, where else can we take this? What do we need to learn? We don't have business degrees. We're more on the art side of it. And we're very artistic. We're very talented in that area. So we needed more of an input to open up our mind to what we were doing. So at that point, you guys really decided to move forward and decided to apply to be on Shark Tank. So can you tell us exactly what that experience was like? How did you get that idea? And what was that actual process like to make sure that you actually got on the show? Absolutely. Well, I've been watching Shark Tank for a couple of years before that. And I remember telling my fiance, I'm going to be on this show someday. And this was even before we had an idea what Rachel and I were going to create. And I would always watch it and say, watch, I'll be on that show. I'll be on that show. Eventually, we were watching it one night and my fiance said, oh, so what happened to you wanting to be on that show? You should totally launch your idea and see what happens. Like, yeah, you're, you're right. That night... I emailed over the producers and I did a short email with our story and what my goal was for the Shark Tank. And we got a phone call the next day oh, wow. and they were very intrigued. Yeah, they were totally interested in us and they had a phone interview. They loved us. We talked a lot about our hair extension company. And so we did a, we started the process with them. So this was you actually just kind of reaching out like uh, on the side, like to the producer via email. This wasn't like actually going through all the forms that you need to fill out. This was just like an informal email saying, hey, this is what we got. Yeah, and I was prepared to do a more of a application base. To be honest, they had it scheduled for a week after they were doing open interviews that girls, you stand in line with about five to 10,000 people and the first 500 there are the ones that get in. So I was super prepared to want to go do that. And I'm just a really strong believer. If you really want something, you want to go for it, you could, you could try and 
numerous amount of ways and until you get something just keep trying so I was like oh you know this is the first step I'll go ahead and email their casting director and go from there so that is exactly what happened we still went through the same process that everybody goes through but we just didn't have to go to an open casting call which makes it pretty interesting that's a very very interesting tip Yeah, and that I'm sure like distinguished you uh, from like all the other thousands of people that are submitting the applications. I think it's all the same amount of work, to be honest, because it is still the same amount of work. You have to do really cool things for them and um, come up with your whole entire guideline of your company. But it was just a different, shall we say, avenue of doing it. And that's how we originally started to go about the Shark Tank. What do you think it was about your presentation to them or your application or whatever they were seeing? What were you presenting to them that really made the easy choice for them to say, yes, you're on the show? Like, what was it? How were you presenting yourself? I feel that clip-in extensions are kind of that before and after feel. So once you see a visual or a live demo of how your hair could look before and after, they were looking for a wow factor. And I think that's exactly what our product was, a product that enhances girls' confidence, whether it's an ego booster for women, whether it helps confidence, insecurities, whatever it might be. Maybe you just want prettier hair and you already have pretty hair. I think it was definitely something the beauty industry always wants is great hair. Everything's talked about hair, hair, hair. I do think they see it as like a need and every woman always wants that. So... I'm pretty sure a lot has to do with that kind of stuff. Did they give you like any training to be able to do your pitch? Like, is there somebody working with you hands on so that you have somebody to go back and forth with about exactly what your pitch is going to be and try to get it as perfect as possible or just making sure that they know kind of what you're going to present? Yeah, I know. It's basically, it's about your product. It's not actually like a rehearsal of a pitch. No, It was more of them just letting you know the questions they're probably interested in, the detail of your business, just knowing your business. They always just wanted us prepared on how well we know our business and which any entrepreneur should probably have that in line as far as a business plan goes. Um, As far as practicing a pitch and rehearsing it, no, there wasn't anything like that. Shark Tank was a very real deal here in front of them and you do your best to explain your company as well as you know it. So what was your experience like actually standing there and giving your presentation and doing it in front of everyone? First off, how long was it? Because what we see is a smaller version of exactly how long you were there. So how long were you and Rachel in there? Yeah, the viewers are seeing probably eight minutes of it. So we were there, we were standing in front of them for a good 45 to 55 minutes. Okay. So our interview was a good 45 to 55 minutes and it was nerve wracking. You're up against entrepreneurs that you don't know that obviously are there also because they're successful and they're there to basically judge you. So when you believe in your product and you want someone to believe in it as much as you do, I think a lot of emotions go through you as far as being nervous, being up there in front of cameras, in front of people. I think in the end, they all came out to be great emotions. I don't really hide my emotion. However, I feel pretty much how it comes out and you can kind of see that on my episode that uh, I'm just very passionate in what I do. So all of that just showed. 
all around, I think the emotion is just a great experience. It's a great learning process. When you're up there, you're kind of just worried about your product and letting them know as much knowledge as you know about your product. Were there any comments that any of the sharks made that you like adamantly disagreed with and maybe still disagree with? I think a lot of the sharks had pretty good valid points. They clearly knew Rachel and I were very passionate about what we were doing. I don't think necessarily they're looking for passion all the time. I think they're looking for some of them are looking just about the dollar and about the money that the business can make. And a few of them just seemed a little iffy about some of the stuff that was going on, but a lot of it could be because they don't understand the business. And I think everything on the show was a pretty much a fair deal. You guys didn't end up getting the deal. Everyone kind of went out one by one and they each had some very interesting pieces of information to give you. Which one really kind of resonated with you as far as like it kind of maybe that helped propel you forward in the days after your experience there? That for sure was more of a marketing plan. We needed to have our goals more in order and what we were going to do outside of this as far as marketing, whether that is from rebuilding our website to revamp it up, to make it more user-friendly, to more ads, more marketing, more come in line with our competitors. Where do we differ from them? There was a lot that went into it that was more marketing, social media, and looking at it from so many different angles. A lot of advice came from them on that. And we took every single thing that they told us to do and we turned it into something on our own. Was there any sort of like soft spot that you had in your business that you Hmm. knew going in, you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to nail me on this particular question. And sure enough, it really happened. Or or was, was there an experience where they were asking you a question and you were like, oh my God, I don't know the answer or, oh my gosh, I don't, I I don't have a good answer. (laughs) Was there anything like that for you? As far as like numbers and all of that went, no, I think we pretty much knew what we were doing. I think they were a little confused on what our main goal was and what gear we were trying to accomplish at the time. And to be quite honest, yeah, we were, we were just learning about it all and trying to figure out, okay, where do we put most of our time and energy and where can we make this from a $39,000 business to a million dollar business. And that's exactly the feedback we wanted and needed. And I think the experience of all of that alone has taught Rachel and I so much. And that's why we are where we are today. Well, let's talk about that. Two of the major areas that you told the investors that you were going to go into was doing hair parties as well as actually having retail relationships, like getting into stores. So what Mm -hmm. have you guys actually done with those two ideas? Is that how you have continued to grow out your business? Retail, yes. We targeted a lot of retail businesses. We did business with a few retailers, salons and beauty salons over internationally as well. We have a few accounts in Norway, Sweden, Canada, quite a few in LA. So we started gearing toward getting the attention from salons and having them retail our product to share with their clients, which has worked tremendously for us. It's all about getting the word out there and letting people know who you are, building your brand. And I think brand awareness is the number one hardest thing for a company to do and learn. And to build brand awareness, you basically... You have to listen to all of those things as far as your product from marketing to price points to social media, launching new products. I think it's all important. We never got into the hair parties, pretty much had a bigger picture than that. We just didn't know how to express it. 
and elaborate on what we wanted to do with our company. We never done the hair parties. We just mainly did more trunk shows in salons, things like that to start us off with is how we did it. What were like the immediate effects of when the show aired on your business? So the show aired, I believe, in December. Is that right? December of 2013? Uh-huh. Okay. So what happened like immediately afterwards? Did you, I mean, did you tip, have the typical like Shark Tank party, like the viewing party? <laughs> and like what happened to your website? Because it's sort of like the Oprah mm-hmm. effect, you know, like you got to have yeah. your website ready for all the, all the people who are coming in and looking whether you get the deal or not, like there's going to be an effect. So what happened with you guys? Yeah. We prepared ourselves before the Shark Tank aired, so we made sure our website was up to par as far as able to take in that traffic. We wanted to make sure that our website wasn't going to crash when we had the viewers going onto our website. That's the most important thing is to capture all the people visiting your site, and that goes into like more of the analytical side of the website. So we had to learn all of that prior to the airing of the Shark Tank, which was really cool. We learned so much from that. Yeah, we did. We we got together. A few of us got together. Rachel, Rachel and I are uh, not only best friends, but we're also, she just married my fiance's brother. So we're like a big happy family. We all got together, hung out. We watched the Shark Tank. And the minute it aired, we had people from all over clicking on our site. We were able to see the backlinks on what was going on, the amount of sales. So it was more of a tracking. We worked really hard that night till about three in the morning. I'm just calculating everything, keeping track of everything. And yeah, it definitely, I know that when the night it aired, it brought our brand out to a lot of people and people got to learn who cashmere hair extensions what they were what kind of like what kind of sales did you guys end up having in the let's say the days or the weeks that followed like what percentage of an increase did you end up experiencing we did have a great increase in sales from the night it aired the show um it continued i can't be exact with numbers on that but it did continue to grow from there on out and we just kept keeping our momentum up and What I mean by that is just because a show airs, you have to do your part on your end to keep up that momentum and keep people talking about it. And things we did to do that was go into different marketing areas as far as like new products. We launched a few new products shortly after that pertain to our hair extensions that will help the life of the hair extensions the use of the hair extensions. We created more tutorial videos so people were more knowledgeable of what they were buying and teaching them the ins and outs of hair extensions in case they were confused with other people's companies versus ours. And that's something we just kept on doing and we keep on doing every day. It's a growing it's a growing thing. There's not a day that goes by that we don't learn something new to help us. One of the things that, that people, and you just really alluded to this, is that you know, you can't just rely on this whole like Shark Tank effect. I mean, you really have to continue exactly. to put your brand out there. You have to continue to create mm-hmm. and grow and evolve as a company in order to maintain and really optimize that brand awareness that you are getting for your company. And you and Rachel have done such a good job over this. You guys are now at projected sales by the end of 2014 at like 1.5 million. So there's a lot that happens and has to happen in order for you guys to have built that kind of a company. So can you talk a little bit about maybe like what systems you had to put into place in order to be able to handle that kind of volume that not only happened right after, but in all of these months after in the building of the business that you've had? Your inventory, increases, I mean, big time 
from where it was before. You have to always, orders that are coming in, you have to make sure you're meeting ends meet by sending them out to customers. So as little as from going from inventory to maybe tweaking your packaging to something that's more economical for shipping. There's a whole area of shipping that you have to have a fulfillment and make sure that that's accurately being done. The cost of product from the cost of shipping, I think all of that combined on that end is always changing, always growing, depending on how well and how much we are growing. So that's a nonstop thing that you're always battling, always learning. Um, We also had to look more every, I mean, this happens on a daily basis on a weekly thing. We have to see what our competitors are doing and be on the same lines as them somehow, whether that's price point or product, we have to make sure that we're still in a competitive range to our competitors. And I, I do think it's the number one hardest thing to do because you have your own stuff, you have your own ideas, how you want it to be. But if there's one hair extension company and you have a hundred surrounding it, there's always going to be that customer that is, what if, what if this is this, this is that. So you've got to find a way to way to meet up to other competitors out there. And whether, like I said, it's price points, products, packaging. So that, that plays a really big role on it as well. I think even like our website, we're always changing. We're always building. We're trying to, we always want to make it a user-friendly as possible. We care everything what our customers say, try to be their customer service. I never knew customer service was so hard. It is. You. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be involved. We don't just want to be oh, the owners of a, of a company. Rachel and I are very involved. We want to be one-on-one with our customers and it's always trying to make everyone happy. And so we get a ton of emails all the time. Oh, you guys should do this. You should do that. And we always try to write back to every single one and Take in, take their suggestion into consideration because I'm such a strong believer that only helps you grow and having somebody else's input, input on all of that. But it's really cool too. It's not that we just have a product. We have a product that we strongly believe in and we know is beyond superior than all other hair extension companies that are clip-in. And that's what makes it so exciting. We really, really, really believe in this and if it was out there and somebody else created it, we would be their number one buyers. So we just created something, perfected it, and we hope that everybody else, we want everybody else out there to love it just as much as we do. So if you have that love and something that you've created, you're never going to stop growing and perfecting it. Now, you and Rachel are not only best friends, but you guys are business partners. What roles do each of you guys have? <laughs> Yeah, that that gets tricky, huh? <laughs> we, <laughs> this is always like in the business partner role, you know, like it's all about boundaries, who's doing what. So what are the certain roles that you have versus what are the roles that she has? And how are you guys really managing those roles? It's pretty unique because since we are best friends, now we're marrying into the same family. <laughs> the coolest part about it, though, Rachel and I, were like sisters. We get along so well. We're so different in so many ways too she's really strong at things that I'm not strong at and it goes the opposite way I'm really strong at something she's not so our relationship as business partners just complement one another just fully it's so amazing that something like that has happened with us what are some of those things that you're focusing on versus what she focuses on I know the expertise of the in and out of quality of hair or what that everyday girl is wanting 
how easy they should be applied. So as for the product knowledge, I take care of a lot of that. I know exactly what that client is wanting to buy. So I, on a daily basis, am always, I do a lot of the back, the back end of manufacturers, the retail side of it, and where I don't have any clue on, Rachel knows how to design all of this. Very beginning of our company, Rachel designed our website. She designed our whole entire website. And that's how we started our online store. It was strictly an online store at the beginning is because she has the talent and the knowledge of knowing how to do the graphic design. And so she takes care of, of the artsy part of that whole area, which is so cool. And photo shoots, she knows how to plan those out, get those together. I, I have no clue when I get there. I'm kind of like, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. I do the hair. So it's really cool how, how our jobs do meet. And we had to bring in even small teams to help us. You can't be good at everything. You have to open up your ideas. We have a, a small marketing team that helps us with a lot of our ads, getting them out there. There's a lot of backlinks that need to be looked at all the time. So Rachel and I just, we put our energy and our time to what we're good at and what we think matters most as being the owners and the creators of our company. Is there a particular topic or just something that you guys constantly sort of are at odds about that you have to work through? I'll give you this example. Like my husband and I are business partners <laughs> and <laughs> he is really the creative and just ha is very much like the down the road visionary, which is a brilliant, brilliant characteristic. I am sort of the in the moment process builder and operations girl. So we sort of constantly fight on he wants to move forward. I want to like, hold on, I, I have to take this idea that we just created and now generate the 2000 steps. So just hold on, I can't keep up with you. <laughs> so there's this kind of constant struggle that for the company ends up being really productive. But in the moment, it's a real big challenge because we're kind of, we're both very, very passionate people coming at the same issue in very, very different ways. So it ends up kind of having this like very passionate argument sometimes. Do you guys ever have those because you're sort of coming at things from a different perspective? Yeah, I think, I mean, I know all business partners go through a little bit of that. I do think Rachel's and I is a little different. We do have sometimes completely two different ideas, but we're always listening to one, one another's ideas because that's what created what we have from the beginning. There's a lot of things I brought up that she didn't think of, a lot of things she brings up that I don't think of. So we work really well together and probably because we're so alike but so different when it comes to business-related things that it just, for us, it kind of just made sense and worked out. I mean, we always listen to each other. If there's something that one of us wants to start doing, we try it. You don't know until you try something. So we're really big on trying new ideas, seeing what works. And I believe that's what you have to do when you're first starting out a company. Certain marketing ideas might work for another company, but not might not work for us. And there's different demographics of people that you're gearing towards. So, I mean, the best advice I could ever give anybody is just always, if you have a business partner, just always work together. Even if you might not think it's a bad idea at the time, you never know it might be the best idea that person came up with and you don't know till you try. Melissa, throughout this year plus of having your business and creating something out of the blue that now has <laughs> grown into a tremendous business, what are the, some of the major ways that you have grown as a businesswoman? Oh my God. <laughs> I think, 
I don't even know where to start with that. I'm a hairstylist. I'm very artistic. You know, I've always been business savvy. I've always wanted to start something, create something. I always had cool ideas, but I kind of never knew what to do with them. And I mean, even to this day, I'm, I'm just learning every single day about it. But as little to something like customer service might be such a little thing to somebody, but until you're in it and you're actually dealing with the customer side of it, like customer service is huge. I think you need to always be making your customers happy and doing whatever you could do for that. I think that's very business related. It's something you don't think about when you're starting something until you're actually wrapped up in it. It takes a lot of patience, a lot of time, a lot of understanding. For me, I think the challenges come that come from the whole business is kind of taking something from each area and turning it into one big reality. And whether whatever that is from the website, from Google, from products, from customer service, from inventory, it turned me into a very knowledgeable person when it comes to business. And there's some things, you know, I still, my fiance helps me a lot with a lot of it. And I have to turn to him and ask him, what do I do with this? What am I supposed to do with this? Because I have no clue. And just the feedback you get from asking people, don't ever be afraid to ask and to work on something. I think asking is the way you learn and the way you you just get it in your head. Melissa, where do you see this company going? What is your vision for how you want to grow Cashmere? Uh, I see Cashmere here growing and keep growing. I see it being internationally a go-to clip-in hair extension company on a professional level down to the everyday retail consumer. Cashmere hair will be a name that people will recognize when they see it in a store, when they see it in a magazine, it's going to be a very well-known brand. And we have really big plans for it. And I just know even from being where we were a little over a year ago to now, it's a dream come true. You sit there and you look back, wow, I can't believe I learned this, this, and this, and now we're here. I cannot wait to go five steps forward. And I pretty much do know out there that a lot of People, when they have cashmere hair and have it in their hair, it's going to bring a lot of excitement to them, whether it's confidence or security booster for them. It's really exciting to know that we're actually out there helping people feel good about themselves. Melissa, I want to thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and really getting into some of the nitty gritty details about your experiences. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What a cool story. I really, really enjoyed that conversation and I hope you did too. If you have not joined our BWR Connect private Facebook group yet, I would so love for you to be a part of it. It is a very active group of women who are throwing ideas out there, helping each other collaborate, supporting each other's businesses and ideas and answering questions, asking questions. It's a lot of activity. It's a beautiful forum. So if you are a businesswoman, that is a place that you need to be to be able to connect with other great businesswomen. I'd love to see you there. Just go to bizwomenrock.com. Have a great day and I'll see you on the next episode.